Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thanks for taking a moment to take a look at the book with us. We want to think about how we ought to be involved in trying to win Jewish people to Jesus Christ. In God's Word, there is a command, but there's a contradiction as well, and we should have a compassion. Looking at the covenants that God has made to the Jewish people will help us to understand His program for these dear people in the end times, which will, of course, uh, be accompanied by the conflict. Now, actually, I've just talked through the five parts on my brand new series entitled To the Jew First. I want you to listen to the second installment of our study, To the Jew First. And as you do, think about the possibility of trying to get this entire series. It's a five-part series entitled To the Jew First for you to have for your own personal study as you prepare. Let's take a moment. We'll listen to it. And then I'll tell you how you can get your own personal copy. I'll never forget when we uh, established the church back in 1991, we wanted to reach the Russian people, so we didn't have a way to translate. A and we decided we would hire a young Russian lady. She had her PhD in English from Moscow University. She had just made Aliyah. She had immigrated to the land of Israel. Uh, she didn't know Hebrew yet. We were able to uh, establish a ministry in our church to reach the Russian people. And she would come, and she was a lost lady, but uh, we needed a translator. And there weren't any people like uh, Toy, who now has been uh, assigned that responsibility with our church. And so she came, and she would translate into Russian as she would hear me speak. And Minno, now the lead pastor of our church, he would translate what I said in English into Hebrew, and she would translate it into Russian. Well, after about two years, a couple of the men, there were, uh, a couple of the people, a couple that was in our church, uh, David and Shu Smith, decided they would go contact her about coming to know Christ as Lord and Savior. You know, we'd, along the way, all of us had endeavored to do that. And they went over to talk with her, and, uh, and, and, and in the course of the conversation, she said, well, what are you endeavoring to do? It sounds like you're trying to lead me to the Lord. And they said, well, yes, that's exactly what we're trying to do. She said, well, you don't need to do that. I'm already saved. They said, really? You got saved? How did you get saved? She said, you can't translate for Jimmy DeYoung for two years without getting saved. And she got saved, and I was able to baptize her in the Jordan River, you know. And so God uses many of us in marvelous ways to reach those who are not with a hardened heart. It's exciting to see. But they are blinded in part, and notice they're only partially blinded and temporarily blinded until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. Now, what is that talking about? That is when the last Gentile comes to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. What is the last Gentile? How many has to be saved before? I have the slightest idea in the world. Only God knows that. Only God understands how many Gentiles he's going to bring into the fold before he sends his son, Jesus Christ, to take us up to be with him, and then, now what do I, why am I saying this? And then at that time, the great Jewish evangelism begins. Because when the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, God will open the floodgates of humanity to preach the gospel to every single person, especially to the Jew first, and then the Greek, for a period of time. How do I know that? Well, I read the Bible. I read the book of Revelation. Go with me to chapter 7 of the book of, uh, chapter 11 
of the book of Revelation, if you will, chapter 11. In the book of Revelation, chapters 4 through 19 are 15 chapters of detailed information about that period of time when uh, there's going to be a terrible judgment upon the face of the earth. Look up here just a moment. I'm going to set up this microphone stand, and that's going to represent the next main event in God's calendar of activities. This microphone stand represents the rapture of the church. We talked about it last evening. Jesus shouts, the archangel shouts, the trumpet of God sounds, and we go to be with him in the air. The rapture of the church takes place. Then between that and this microphone stand, which is going to represent the second coming of Jesus Christ, there's a seven-year period of time. During that seven years, there will be untold judgment upon the face of the earth. Those 15 chapters are related to you in the book of Revelation reveal the judgment that is going to take place. In fact, the last three and a half years are going to be intensified to an extent that Jesus said, if I don't shut the time off, if I don't bring it to an end, all of humanity would be destroyed on the face of the earth. In fact, Daniel wrote in chapter 12, it'll be the greatest judgment upon the earth and thus the Jewish people that has ever happened in the history of the world. So much so that God will dispatch the archangel Michael. He's the commander-in-chief of the armies in the heavenlies of the good angels. He will be dispatched to protect Israel from complete annihilation. And this period of time is going to be terrible. But let me tell you, in the first three and a half years, Soon after the rapture, in the first three and a half years, there's going to be great Jewish evangelism. The Bible tells us about that. Have you got chapter 11? Look at chapter 11 and verse 3 where we find out what is going to happen. Verse 3, And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days. By the way, uh, there be no Christians here in the tribulation. One of the reasons that I know that for sure is because in the number of days just given to us, 1,260 days, which is equivalent to three and a half years, those are Jewish calendar days. You see, the Jews go by the lunar calendar 30 days for 12 months out of the year, 360 days in a year. 1,260 days is not, according to our Christian calendar, three and a half years. There would be more days. So we know thus then there are no Christians here. We don't even go by a Christian calendar. We go by the Jewish calendar. Now having said that, these two witnesses are going to preach. They're going to prophesy. The word prophesy means preach. Verse 3, a thousand two hundred and three score days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. And if any man will hurt them... Fire proceedeth out of their mouth, and devoureth the, by their enemies. And if any man shall hurt them, he must in the same manner be killed. Isn't that interesting? God is going to protect these two witnesses. They're going to be standing on the Temple Mount in the city of Jerusalem, preaching the gospel, going across the world with the message, and to the Jew first. I'm going to prove to you it's to the Jew first in just a moment. Uh, and the word of God is going to be going forth out of Jerusalem. Isaiah chapter 2 says that. Micah chapter 2 says the same thing. The word of the Lord shall go forth out of the city of Jerusalem. 
the testimony of God, the witness to the world, will be taking place, and these two men will be protected. For example, look at verse 5. If any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. If any man will hurt them, he must be killed in the like manner. You try to shoot one of them, and the bullet will ricochet and come back and kill the one who's the perpetrator. You try to stab one, you'll miss him and stab yourself and kill yourself. Whatever way you try to kill these two witnesses, that's how you'll be killed. In fact, they got even more power than protection. Look what verse 6 says. These have power to shut up heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them into blood, and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. Boy, these will be two powerful witnesses in Jerusalem, protected from any harm, powerful to the extent they can cause it to not rain, they can turn the water into blood, and they can call the plagues like old Moses did upon Pharaoh and the Egyptians. Well, they're going to continue to preach the gospel. They'll be killed. We'll look at that in just a moment. But you know who's going to hear the message first? Go back to chapter 7. Chapter 7, to the Jew first, and then to the Greek, to the Gentile. Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7. These two witnesses, by the way, you know what I think they're going to be teaching and preaching? Have you ever noticed in the book of John, in the book of John, it talks about when Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus, and several of the other ladies ran to the tomb, the empty tomb of Jesus Christ, what did they find? Two men in white apparel standing there saying, he's not there. He is risen. Notice the text, it says two men in white apparel. Over in the book of Acts, chapter 1, when Jesus ascends into the heavenlies, what does it say? Two men in white apparel said, Why stand you here gazing into heaven as he's gone so he's going to come again one day? You know who I think those two men were? The two witnesses. What does a witness do? He gives testimony of what he has seen. So what do they see? Christ resurrect from the dead. Well, that's the gospel. That's the power of God into salvation. Everyone that believeth, the Jew first and also the Greek. They saw him resurrect from the dead. They know he is the Son of God. You know the other thing they saw? Him ascend into the heavenlies. What did John the Baptist preach? The kingdom of God is at hand. What was the message that the disciples preached after Jesus first came on the scene? as the one who was offering himself as the Messiah, as the Son of God, as the King of kings and Lord of lords, the gospel of the kingdom. What was that? We see, we don't preach the gospel of the kingdom today. We preach the gospel of grace. The gospel of the kingdom is the king is coming. Get ready. You see, that's to Jews, basically. We sing that song, the king is coming. Most likely that's supposed to be sung to Jews, not to us. We've got a different relationship than the Jew does with Jesus Christ than they do. We have a relationship that says we're going to be married to him one day. Oh, the Jews are going to be the subjects. I really get uh, disappointed with so-called Christians and Gentiles who try to get into this Judaism thing. You know, they want to live like Jews, man. They want to celebrate the feast days. They want to wear the kippah. They have pastors that call themselves rabbi. And they wear a pressure. Honey, you put a pressure on, it has 600... 13 knots in it and those 613 knots are the 613 mitzvahs are rules are laws that a Jew has to abide by you get under the law when you put that pressure on be careful God took a Jew and a Gentile who were at enmity with us brought them together and made Christians out of them I get real concerned 
You know, we, live, we started a church among the Jews in Israel. I get concerned when they talk about a completed Jew. I've never seen an incomplete Jew. I don't know what an incomplete Jew looks like. Is that a nine-pound ear or something? A Jew, when he comes to know Christ, is a Christian. A Gentile, when he comes to know... Have you ever heard of Gentile? I'm a Gentile. I've never said, I'm a completed Gentile. You know, or... I, you know, Jews and Gentiles make up the body of Christ between the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the rapture of the church. We've got a special relationship. We're going to be married to Jesus Christ. We're not going to be the subjects on the earth. That will be Jews and Gentiles. We're going to be the queen ruling with the king. And I tell you what, I'd much rather be the queen married to the king than I would be a subject. Well, I'll still be subject unto him, but I have a different relationship. So be careful what we think about. Thank you very much for joining us as we have taken a look at the book. And, of course, the issue this time to the Jew first. We have a responsibility. It's commanding God's Word. Now, there's some contradiction that's also in God's Word, and it tells us we must have a compassion for the Jewish people. The covenants of God guarantee He has committed to them, the Jewish people, an opportunity to receive the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Leading up to that great time of evangelism among the Jewish people will be the conflict. And basically, I've just talked you through this entire series. If you would like to have your copy of To the Jew First, which explains the whys and hows of sharing the gospel of Jesus, of the Jewish Messiah, with God's chosen people, then I would suggest call our toll-free number. It's 877-674-3298. 877-674-3298. It's a toll-free number from across America. Or you can go to our website, prophecytoday.com, go to the shopping mall, and be able to then order your copy of To the Jew First. It helps you to understand how to communicate the Jewish Messiah to the Jewish people. By the way, the fact is that this is all evidence of the soon coming of Jesus Christ, which is preceded every activity of end times prophecy, is initiated after the rapture of the church. Now, the rapture could happen at any moment. In fact, let me just say this. It could happen before I complete this sentence, but if it doesn't, let's keep looking up until...